0: Ray, what
1: is is Quarter Lab? Quarter Lab is a consultancy and a specialized YouTube network. So I work with content creators to help them build programming strategies, um, use best practices to make sure that their content is being discovered by as many people as possible, uh, and generally just amass wider audiences and earn more money on YouTube and off of YouTube as well. And I also work with larger media companies and IP holders to make sure that they are monetizing their content as effectively as possible on YouTube, which can be pretty complex with Content ID. And also make sure that they're also developing off-platform strategies to help expand beyond YouTube.
0: Excellent. I'm going to ask you a question that you're probably biased on, but I'll let, I'll let you answer it uh, however you wish. If you, were to, if you were to order the following three parts of uh, an independent musician's toolbox... Facebook, streaming music, and YouTube. Which would be first, which would be second, and which would be third?
1: Interesting. Uh, you know, I'd probably put Facebook as third. You know, the short answer is that really depends on who the artist is, what their strong suits are, where they're comfortable, and where their audience lives. But for me personally, uh, not super big on Facebook. I do think it's important if your audience lives there, but for a lot of genres, that's not the case. Uh, streaming music is obviously super ubiquitous. I don't know that I'd necessarily put YouTube ahead of that, or you know, or if that reflects my bias. But here's the thing about YouTube. Here's the thing that whenever the YouTube Spotify conversation comes up, here's what I like to say about YouTube. YouTube gives you way more control over how you brand your content and how you're going to communicate with the people that are experiencing your music. So someone hears your music on Spotify, they're gonna see your album artwork maybe if they're looking at it and that's about it. With YouTube you have a lot a lot of opportunities to include things like annotations uh, to modify your description field and include links to anything that you want to promote or market whether that's content from a completely different album it could be ticket sales, VIP experiences, uh, merchandise and you can actually link people directly from the content that they're viewing off to a third-party site that you control. So in my mind, there's really no comparison in the value between YouTube and streaming services. Now, obviously, there's a lot of streaming services that have audiences that may not be on YouTube. Seems like that's less and less the case these days, but you know, I don't think that, you know, obviously, one doesn't preclude the other. Um, further to that, it's probably worth mentioning, one thing that really irks me about the the Spotify Taylor Swift drama and and all this kind of back and forth, and specifically Daniel Ek has has come out and been pretty vocal about Spotify's value, and he mentioned that YouTube doesn't compensate artists and labels, which at that point I'd, it kind of throws out his whole argument, you know, straight out the window because that's completely infactual. Um, the vast majority of labels and artists are monetizing their content on YouTube, and if you know what you're doing, we see per stream rates that often rival or surpass what we get through spotify so you know the monetization is definitely has strong uh, you know potential on youtube but also like as far as marketing collateral goes there's no comparison i mean youtube is, is a far better platform for marketing and for customization
0: we're with greg Gannaway. he uh, currently advises video and online strategy for the roster of the blueprint group which includes artists such as lil wayne Nicki Minaj, TI. He's also worked with many different kinds of labels to basically optimize what they're doing on in the YouTube space. What are some, you know, for, for the typical artist that maybe has a footprint in YouTube, but maybe isn't optimizing it as well as they should, what are some of the basic principles that you think one should start with in terms of making the most of it?
1: I think an important thing is to leverage whatever content may have already existed on YouTube that features you before you got to the space. So for, particularly for larger artists like the ones that, we, you know, that you mentioned, we start by setting up a channel that's a curatorial hub. So you kind of collect and program all the, the various content that may already be out there. So in the case of major label artists, a lot of times that will include videos that were released under Vivo's channels, um, interviews, interviews, features uh, cameo appearances on various media so I think that's a good way to start because it's nice to have a home where you can collect your highest quality content even if it's not something that you own and uploaded yourself also having a programming strategy to uh, to kinda use that content and connect it with your own proprietary videos that you are creating and releasing yourself helps leverage some of the traffic of people that were already looking for this popular content that previously existed on YouTube and helps to introduce them into the content that you're developing and and uploading to your channel. Uh, And then also not everyone's capable of releasing a new video every day or keeping a a super regular release schedule and having some activity that branches out and kind of integrates some content that's not on your channel helps keep some consistency and some activity on your channel so that people Uh, know that you're active and they've got something to look forward to.
0: Excellent. One of the large kind of opportunities in the YouTube space is the multi-channel networks. At at what point, and this is obviously where you can uh, kind of partner with a basically a channel that has a number of different uh, artists or creators that are featured, At, at what point does an independent artist reach that level where they should be seriously considering trying to get into the leverage of a multi-channel network.
1: There's a lot of pros and cons to working with with MCNs. Um, I think if you don't have a real mastery of the YouTube platform and you don't have a team around you that's willing to invest the time to really understand best practices and how to optimize your content, how to program content, Um, then I I think that you can benefit by aligning yourself with a partner that really understands that and is willing to educate you. I think there's definitely some MCNs out there that just want to sign you up and take a cut of your revenue and probably aren't doing uh, the requisite work to provide the value that you deserve. So I think it's important to be discerning when you link up with an agent like that, whether it's an MCN or some other player in the YouTube space. The biggest piece of advice I'd have for anyone thinking about affiliating with a company like that is, to talk to other people that have worked with this company, but people that are of your same stature, that have about the same traffic and subscriber base as you do. So it's easy to use those best-case scenarios when you're attracting new content creators, but I think it's more important for the content creators to be discerning and make sure that the networks they're affiliating with have a track record of, of really adding value to people that come from the same place that they do, that have about the same reach that they do um, so that they know they're not going to get ignored, uh, in light of other YouTube stars or, or more popular uh, mass market artists. Is
0: is the MCN the sort of the the major label of of the YouTube space?
1: You know, I don't know that I'd quite say it's the major label. It's it, video really isn't directly analogous to music, uh, in many ways at all. But I do think that um, it's almost similar to a distributor. Um, it's just more complicated because you know in the case of your you make an album and you're trying to distribute it to itunes spotify um, what goes on in the distribution front really doesn't influence the creation of the art right you make your music and you don't really need to be an expert on distribution uh... definitely not to make a good album you know that really shouldn't inform how you create your art with video it's a completely different ordeal i mean how people experience video how they consume it absolutely feeds into how you should be producing it and how you should be releasing it. And so I think it's really important to understand how to make the most out of analytics, how to know what data points you should be looking at and how that should inform your content strategy and even what type of content you create. So it, it's hard for me to draw too many direct parallels like, between like, a major label model. Um, but I do think that they, you know, the MCNs do serve a good purpose when they're doing their job properly.
0: Great. And so if, uh, if listeners would like to contact QuarterLab, what are some great ways to, uh, for them to connect with you, possibly ask you some questions, see if they might like to work with you in, in, some, in a consulting uh, capacity?
1: QuarterLab.com. We've got a submission form there, and we'll get right back to you. So, yeah, we're uh, open to any kind of inquiries, and we just love helping creators and, yeah, work with all types of different companies and artists. So, yeah, I'd encourage anyone who's interested in learning more to reach out.
0: Fantastic. Now I'm going to ask you to look into your crystal ball a little bit. It's impossible to know where where YouTube will be in a year, a two, two years. But wh- where do you think it's headed? And and do you think the role that it has will be noticeably larger than it is now?
1: You know, I think that the I think that their market share may erode a little bit because Facebook and Twitter are being so proactive about moving towards video. Um, just heard this morning that Mark Zuckerberg has said on the record that he thinks within four to five years the vast majority of content on Facebook will be video content, and I know that Twitter is very specifically developing uh, video products to release in you know within the Twitter uh, environment that are specifically geared towards creators and regular account holders as opposed to advertisers so um, Now, moving back to YouTube, I'll really be curious to see how the music service plays out. I was really intrigued by their paid channel subscription offering that they launched last May, I believe it was. It was last spring, 2013. Uh, That seems to have pretty much flopped, and nobody's really talking about it anymore, and most of the channels that were using that feature seem to be defunct. So I don't know. know, YouTube doesn't have a great track record in having people pay for subscriptions, but the music offering is going to be an entirely different beast. So we'll see where that takes things. I'd also love to see more development on the live streaming aspect of YouTube. But again, haven't seen much traction on that. seems like within Google, they're really trying to push people towards Google Hangouts. So um, you know, I think YouTube is doing, doing what they do best. And I think they're going to have more competition in that space, particularly from Facebook.
0: Do you think a lot of the things that uh, sort of drive an effective YouTube strategy will apply to Facebook and Twitter? I mean, meaning things like the analytics and the sort of the, the, the market-savvy kind of, you know, information that, that uh, you referred to earlier that, that is crucial to having kind of a successful YouTube campaign.
1: I think they'll be different. A- analytics is critical in any form of online business, any kind of presence that you have online. I don't see Facebook or Twitter taking the place of YouTube in that it's not going to be a native home for people that are really focused on video creation. I think what you'll see is that video, in general, um, as a form of media, becomes a more important tool in the arsenal of anyone trying to communicate their message, but I do think that Facebook and Twitter are going to be more inclined towards bite-sized snippets of content that resonate with large groups of people uh, and make them want to share it, whereas YouTube, I think, is more, um, almost more of a replacement for television for a lot of people. There are a lot of differences, but in general... There's a lot of reference to the like TV uh, audience and like TV type of content. And I don't really see Facebook or Twitter becoming a legitimate home for that type of content.
0: You've got, you've got a great uh, background. You, you were business development at CD Baby for uh, between 2003 and 2009, which was really a huge growth period for CD Baby. So you obviously know the independent space very well. Uh, and then you obviously work with some of the largest. Uh, YouTube artists in the world so what is the difference between a successful indie campaign and a successful kind of major you know major label campaign you know how how would you sort of say that the, those, those strategies might be different for an independent musician
1: yeah, actually I think a lot more similarities than there are differences um, the real difference with major label artists or, or people with a huge profile is that they don 't have to work as hard. I mean pretty much anything that features a name that 's known on a on a mass scale is going to get a lot of views. Uh, I think as an independent artist, you need to be a lot more mindful about how to tell your story about how to highlight and showcase your best content and use that to kind of tease people into a deeper look into your career. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of similarities in terms of being consistent with how frequently you release videos, making sure that you actually appear in the videos and that you're personable and that you're trying to develop and foster some kind of relationship between you and your audience. Um, but I think that that independent artists that are looking to be discovered need to be a bit more mindful about the type of content that they produce in order to really increase their reach. and. Uh, and learn how to to amass more subscribers and, and gain a meaningful audience.
0: So with Quarter Lab, are you working exclusively now with the larger artists, or uh, are you open to getting submissions from independent artists as well?
1: We work with all sorts of artists and companies. Um, so yeah, anyone should feel free to reach out to us. QuarterLab.com is the website, and there's a Contact Us submission form at the bottom of the page. So yeah, feel free to check us out. We have some case studies up there. And we work with a myriad of of companies and artists and creators, so anyone should feel welcome to, to get in touch with us.
0: Excellent. Great. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.